In these unprecedented times, we need effective immune support. That's why I'm excited to introduce two formulas that work, CV Defense and CV Acute. There's nothing quite like them. CV Defense is a daily preventative. The only supplement that delivers the six most important ingredients to optimize your immune function, including PEA, a critical molecule for long-term immunity at the cellular level. CV Acute is a fast-acting, great-tasting syrup for direct immune activation. It eliminates invaders with a fruit flower and root of patented Chinese medicine. I take it when I feel run down to fend off respiratory infections. Both products are safe, all-natural, and backed by numerous clinical trials. For more information and to order, go to TotalImmuneHealth.com and take advantage of discounts from 30 to 50% just for listening to Intelligent Medicine. That's TotalImmuneHealth.com. TotalImmuneHealth.com for the most exciting immune support products in years. Welcome to Intelligent Medicine, America's foremost program on health, medicine, and nutrition, featuring the latest on both conventional and alternative therapies. Now, here's Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Welcome to Intelligent Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's the weekend edition of Intelligent Medicine, wherein we take your questions. You can come directly into the doctor's office and pose your questions live. 877-726-8255 is our number. That's the destination for questions. And uh, we've got lots of interesting health stories on tap for you today. We're going to take a look at um, an apparent slight to those of us who have inherited some of their genes from Neanderthal ancestors. President Biden's use of... Uh, a stereotype about cavemen may be hurtful to some of us. And <laughs> there's actually some new information about the intelligence of Neanderthals and some of our Stone Age ancestors. And uh, this week in the newsletter, uh, I'm going to pay tribute to women pioneers in the field of nutrition. And we'll uh, give you a preview of that. It's uh, March's National Nutrition Month, and it's also um, Women's History Month. So in a confluence of both of those, we'll tip our hat to some of the foremost female nutrition pioneers. We'll preview that for you in just a few moments. 877-726-8255. Internet censorship of health information. They're uh, closing ranks on uh, canceling information that is contrary to the narrative that certain people have established. We'll follow that story for you momentarily. Uh, but uh, this last week, it was March 4th, World Obesity Day. And uh, you might think that uh, that shouldn't have been Friday the 4th. It should have been uh, Fat Tuesday. But, no, this is not about fat shaming or prejudice. Uh, this is about an organization called uh, worldobesity.org. Uh, and they've been conducting a campaign for many years now about the rising tide of obesity internationally. And this year they have a, a special emphasis. They issued 
an important executive report, which is very nicely done. It's available to you uh, at worldobesity.org. I suggest you check it out because there's great charts and graphs uh, and uh, pictures of how obesity affects uh, many of the countries of the world, but there's a there's a differential. Uh, certain countries of the world not so much affected with obesity, others very much affected with obesity, and they talk about the paradox of COVID in the underdeveloped world versus the industrialized advanced countries. Okay, we we expected that there would be a terrible toll in sub-Saharan Africa and uh, impoverished parts of uh, Asia uh, and uh, in uh, Latin America and some of the countries where there's a lot of poverty and certainly in the Indian subcontinent uh, where it's about the haves and the have-nots, uh, still a lot of people living at a barely subsistence level. And we thought that those countries would be ravaged by COVID-19. They have poor healthcare systems. It's going to take longer for the vaccines to reach those people. And yet, paradoxically, it turns out that uh, the most advanced Western countries uh, appear to have the worst statistics in terms of deaths and hospitalizations and cases of COVID-19. So uh, in this executive summary at worldobesity.org, uh, they write this, obesity is recognized as both a disease in its own right and a condition that increases the likelihood of developing a wide range of non-communicable diseases. These are sometimes abbreviated NCDs in medical parlance. Non-communicable diseases include uh, cardiovascular disease and cancer and uh, liver failure due to poor diet and so on and so on and so on not transmitted by viruses or bacteria. Less well-known is the fact that obesity also increases the likelihood that infectious diseases will lead to serious consequences. This is most clearly apparent in the global spread of the SARS-CoV-2 virus and the resulting pandemic of COVID-19. What they're saying here, and they demonstrate this with statistics and charts and graphs, of the 2.5 million COVID-19 deaths reported by the end of February 2021, 2.2 million were in countries where more than half the population is classified as overweight. Interesting statistic. Of 2.5 million COVID-19 cases, 2.2 million in countries where more than half the population were classified as overweight. Uh, and they translate this to monetary toll. Uh, COVID-19 will cause a total of at least $10 trillion in global uh, losses in output, accumulating to $22 trillion over the period 2020 to 2025. They have done some modeling estimates, and they say that uh, based on a UK experience, where an estimated 36% of COVID-19 hospitalizations have been attributed to lack of physical activity and excess body weight, it can be estimated that up to a third of the costs, between $6 trillion and $7 trillion, might be attributable to these predisposing risks. So it's the problem is not overweight per se. Um, there are some people who are over 
what is considered the optimal weight, but they're metabolically healthy. And conversely, there's some people who seem to be near optimal weight, but they're not metabolically healthy. They may have blood sugar abnormalities, prediabetes, insulin resistance. That is sometimes referred as TOFI, thin outside, fat inside. An overaccumulation of hidden visceral fat may put some people who are ostensibly normal weight uh, at risk. But overweight, for the most part, is associated with certain things. It's an outward sign of lack of metabolic fitness, poor cholesterol to HDL ratio, high hemoglobin A1C, which is a marker for blood sugar control, and a disrupted microbiome, and inflammation. These are some of the factors that have been known to be associated with COVID-19 risks. So they go down country by country. In China, people with overweight not even obesity, just overweight, had an 84% increased odds for developing severe COVID-19. People with overt obesity, 240% increased odds for developing severe COVID-19. In the USA, people with obesity were more than twice as likely to need hospitalization, more than six times as likely to need mechanically assisted breathing, and more than six times as likely to die following development of COVID-19. In the UK, people with overweight, 67% more likely to need intensive care. People with obesity, three times as likely to need intensive care. In Spain, people with obesity, 51% more likely to die following development of COVID-19. In France, people with severe obesity, more than sevenfold higher odds for requiring uh, mechanical ventilation. Sweden, people with obesity, three times as likely to die. Italy, people with obesity more than five times likely to need intensive care. Switzerland, people with obesity more than twice as likely to need uh, ventilators. Kuwait, people with obesity, and by the way, big problem. It's a very affluent country in the Middle East, no longer poor, average income, sky high. Uh, people have, people shop in supermarkets, they eat a lot of processed food, they don't exercise, spend time inside in air conditioning. Kuwait is really a case study in how things have radically changed in just a few generations. They used to be, you know, camel drivers in the desert, you know. Uh, and now with the advent of petrodollars and the economy associated with oil, tremendous affluence. People with obesity more than twice as likely to need intensive care following development of COVID-19 in Kuwait. Brazil, people with obesity more than twice as likely to need hospitalization. Mexico, big Big problem with obesity down there. Uh, lots of people uh, drink soda and eat candy in Mexico. They've had to legislate that so that people are less likely to consume these things with taxes and restrictions. Kids can't buy, you know, more than a certain amount of candy or can't buy soft drinks in certain Mexican states. In Mexico, people with obesity, 56% more likely to need hospitalization, 75% more likely to die following development of COVID-19. So is there a link between COVID-19 and overweight across the globe? Oh, yes, indeed, there is. And um, this is one of the avoidable risk factors for COVID-19. We're talking vaccines. We're talking high-tech medical breakthroughs. But lifestyle, lifestyle, lifestyle can be a bulwark 
against the terrible death and devastation of COVID-19. 877-726-8255 is our number. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Take some phone calls momentarily here on Intelligent Medicine. Hi, this is Dr. Ronald Hoffman. As you know, this is a vital time to bolster our immune defenses. I've received countless requests for a specific list of supplements that I recommend to support immune health. That's why I've created the Intelligent Medicine Immune Support Protocol, my supplement recommendations offering the greatest boost for your immune system when it's needed most. Best medicine is preventive medicine. Just go to drhoffmanstore.com for more information. drhoffmanstore.com In addition to the immune support protocol, you'll find easy-to-follow links for our supplement starter kit, heart health protocol, and much more. These protocols are an easy way for you to get the exact combination of targeted supplements you need to help you follow the intelligent medicine lifestyle. The same supplements I take for myself and prescribe for my patients. And for a limited time, you'll get free priority shipping on all of your store orders. For more details, just go to drhoffmanstore.com. That's drhoffmanstore.com. Now more than ever, it is important to have a healthy immune system. Many health professionals agree that probiotics are a leading natural therapy for boosting immune health. Why? Because 70% of your body's immune cells reside in the GI tract. By taking a superior probiotic daily, like Dr. O'Hara's probiotics with their postbiotic metabolites, you can enhance your overall immune system and immune response. For additional immune support, get RegActive's immune formula to boost your glutathione levels. Since our glutathione levels go down if we feel stressed, maintaining glutathione levels is a key factor for natural defense. For a short-term immune boost, try Dr. O'Hara's Propolis Plus, which provides probiotic and immune support and includes Brazilian green propolis for superior antioxidant support and vitamin E, astaxanthin, and flax oil. Be proactive about your immune health. Ask your retailer today about Dr. O'Hara's probiotics, RegActive Immune Formula, and Dr. O'Hara's Propolis Plus today. Also available online. Okay. Welcome back to Intelligent Medicine. Dr. Ronald Hoffman with you. This month marks the confluence of National Nutrition Month and Women's History Month. So uh, in my newsletter article this week, and by the way, you can subscribe to our newsletter for free by going to drhoffman.com and just uh, put in your email and we will send our newsletter to you in your mailbox on a weekly basis. Uh, This week we uh, commemorate Ellen Swallow Richards, uh, among the many luminaries that I'm going to talk about in my newsletter article, but I'll give you a little bit of a tease. Uh, Ellen Henrietta Swallow Richards was born in 1842. Uh, She was a very, very important figure in laying the foundation for the new science of home economics. Now, that would sound a little square to you, you know, this notion that uh, women should stay home and tend the home. Uh, But she brought uh, scientific rigor uh, based on her background in sanitary engineering uh, and uh, endeavored to create a new discipline called domestic science. Uh, She was uh, among the first women in America accepted any school of science and technology. Uh, That was in the mid-19th century. And the first American woman to obtain a degree in chemistry, which she earned from Vassar College in 1870. Um, 
So, you know, different kind of feminism. Uh, it was uh, before women had the opportunity to vote, but she felt that women had a very crucial role in safeguarding the health and sanitation uh, of their home environments. Uh, and a lot of that had to do with family nutrition. Uh, she wrote a book entitled The Chemistry of Cooking and Cleaning, published in 1882. Uh, and she also wrote a book called Food Materials and Their Adulterations. And keep in mind, you know, for historical context, uh, there in the uh, prior to uh, the 19th century, a lot of the food in America was uh, homegrown. And then in the 19th century, we had industrial processing of food. But what came with that were a lot of depredations. So, for example, uh, Civil War uh, soldiers uh, were fed industrially processed food that was sometimes laced with sawdust and chemicals uh, to their great uh, disadvantage, you know, when the army contracted with uh, unscrupulous companies uh, to supply uh, the Union and Confederate armies. Uh, she also wrote a book entitled Food Materials and Their Adulterations, which led to the passing of the first Pure Food and Drug Act in Massachusetts. So, um, you know, this is, uh, you know, a historical milestone. The, the notion that you can apply science and chemistry to the study of nutrition. And, uh, you know, essentially, uh, this is a, a woman who was a pioneer, uh, a woman who kind of bucked the tide because everything was male-dominated at that time. And she insisted on uh, getting uh, all the all the important credentials in science and technology, getting a chemistry degree from Vassar College in 1870, and um, thus uh, laid the groundwork for uh, what has come to be uh, the science of home economics. I mean, it sounds kind of passe because I'm like, it's not just for women. It's you know, I wish that I had been offered a home economics course uh, when I was in high school, but there was this bifurcation is the guys went to wood shop or metal shop or auto shop and the gals went to the home, home, home economics and I think that these are important uh, survival skills that should be taught to uh, both sexes but uh, nonetheless Ellen Swallow Richards an important uh, figure in women's history as well as in the world of nutrition I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. 877-726-8255 is our number for Intelligent Medicine. There's never been a more important time to ensure your immune system is operating at its peak. This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman with a new natural solution from Future Farm Botanicals created exclusively to help promote a better immune response. Elderberry with Zinc and Echinacea. Future Farm's Elderberry with Zinc and Echinacea is the first to combine these three powerful ingredients together. Elderberry is packed with antioxidants, vitamins, and may boost your immune system. Echinacea has been shown to activate chemicals in the body that decrease inflammation, and zinc activates T lymphocytes. Low zinc has been associated with increased susceptibility. For more information and order, call 888-841-7216. That's 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's future, P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Elderberry with zinc and echinacea is all natural, science-based, and works without adverse side effects. myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. 
Welcome back to Television Medicine. Dr. Ronald Hoffman with you. 877-726-8255 is our number. And um, there is available to you 24-7. So you can call during the program, and we hope you do. But if you can't get around to calling during the program, or maybe you're a little gun-shy about being on the air with thousands and thousands of people listening, well, you can call 877-726-8255 anytime you like, seven days a week, 24-7, and record a question as to this individual. Let's hear it. I just received from a friend the book, Natural Therapies for Mitral Valve Prolapse. I found it extremely interesting. I have that, but I also have a more pressing uh, question. I had a um, an ablation done three weeks ago, and I actually feel worse after the ablation than I did beforehand. I, I get out of breath uh, easily, and I used to walk two miles a day, and now, you know, I start walking and I have this tightness in my chest. Thank you. I await some information. Okay. Well... Thank you for the compliment about uh, Natural Therapies for Mitral Valve Prolapse. That's a book that I wrote oh, a couple of decades ago, and it's still in print. It's, uh, you know, by judging from the feedback I get, uh, it's a very valuable book for those people who have been told they have mitral valve prolapse. So uh, what you're talking about is post-ablation fatigue. So let's talk about ablation. What ablation is is a zap of the electrical pathways uh, in your heart. It's not done, you know, you don't have to crack your chest to do that. It's done externally. And uh, it's designed to uh, restore normal rhythm to the heart. And uh, it's normally preceded by electrophysiological studies, very sophisticated studies to see if you are a good candidate for it, if you have one specific what's called an aberrant pathway for electrical conductance in your heart that can be successfully targeted and zapped. And, you know, as the learning curve improves on this, they're getting better and better at achieving success. Uh, sometimes they'll say you're not an ideal candidate for this, and sometimes they'll say you are, and they'll do it. It's not 100% effective. Sometimes it doesn't work. And sometimes there are some bad side effects, uh, parts of the heart uh, or you know, some of the uh, adjacent uh, regions of, uh, of the lung can be damaged. That happens very rarely. Uh, but, um, you know, procedures without risk, it's a, it's a fairly benign procedure. Well, here's the problem, uh, is when you do this procedure, uh, they generally tell you, like, uh, it's no biggie. Uh, you know, you're going to go right home and you may have a bit of a sore throat uh, because, you know, we got to put a tube down your throat when we do it. Uh, and that can be a little uncomfortable for a few days, but you should be fine. And, you, and your heart rhythm will be restored and it's going to be all good. I have in front of me a study that was done in 2017 that addresses specifically this question. Uh, symptom challenges after atrial fibrillation ablation, it's called. And it's from a journal called uh, Heart Lung from 2017. And it specifically addresses your question, which is why, why do I feel so fatigued after a procedure that's supposed to help me? I mean, it's, it's restoring normal heart rhythm. The heart's supposed to pump uh, more efficiently afterwards. 
And um, so why am I not feeling better? Well, what they say here is that fatigue is very, very common uh, in patients uh, even long after ablation. There's a long period of time that it takes for patients to adjust uh, to the, um, the procedure. And ultimately, they might feel better. Uh, it's better for them because, you know, if you don't have atrial fibrillation, sometimes you can go off blood thinners. Uh, you're also less likely to flip a blood clot to your brain, uh, you know, which is one of the worst consequences of atrial I mean, you can live with atrial fibrillation, but atrial fibrillation patients are far more likely to have strokes. So, you know, possibly you want to fix your atrial fibrillation, uh, and maybe that will um, eliminate the need for anticoagulation. Uh, but what they say here, and they, they point this out, is that uh, <laughs> virtually never do doctors warn patients that this is not a quick fix. Uh, it's very frustrating for patients uh, because uh, the doctors don't, you know, this, this so often happens uh, with surgery. As doctors say, look, uh, you're going to recover, you're going to be, you know, whatever, hip replacement, knee replacement, uh, you know, a minor heart procedure. Um, they say, well, you know, you're, you can go home in a, in a couple of days or you can go, you know, it'll be done as an outpatient. You can go uh, right back to work the next week. And they tend to downplay the long-term recovery uh, that many people have to undergo to uh, reattain full function after any kind of surgical intervention. So uh, they say in the study, restricted activity data showed that these subjects reported their activity continued to be quite limited at one month after the ablation. Um, they say that, uh, according to some studies, the prevalence of fatigue and atrial fibrillation uh, anyway uh, is 31 to 89%. So the increased severity and duration of fatigue post-atrial fibrillation ablation is frustrating for patients and may lead them to have anxiety and depression because they're not feeling better. So, uh, you know, there you have it, is that uh, it's what you describe is an underestimated uh, and under-considered uh, side effect of ablation for one reason or another. And maybe part of the reason is that you know, your heart is getting a new rhythm and it takes a while for the heart and the circulatory system to adjust to a normalization of rhythm. The same thing happens sometimes with patients who get valve replacements. They have leaky valves, the valves get fixed, and they think, great, I'm going to be able to like, uh, you know, run a 10K race now. Well, no, because your heart has to take some time to remodel and reacclimate to the new hydraulics, the new hemodynamics that are associated with this uh, improved valve and lack of blood backflow. It's been compensating for a long time for it, and sometimes uh, that uh, remodeling and compensation takes a while. So you, uh, you know, the prognosis is long term is good. It's normal that you feel fatigued. We should also look for other possible causes of fatigue because it's not all about the you know many reasons you might be fatigued you might not have enough iron you might not have enough b12 you you know other things may be going on with you and those need to be evaluated notwithstanding that you've had the surgery for the heart
So uh, there you have it, you know. And if you're suffering from fatigue, let me tell you, I mean, not necessarily a quick fix for post-ablation fatigue, which is a unique type of fatigue, but for fatigue in general, uh, studies show that your cellular health may start to decline as early as 25 years of age. And why is that? Well, the mitochondria, the cellular powerhouses, wear down. And here's the only nutritional formula that's clinically proven to support mitochondria. It's NT factor from nutritional therapeutics. Clinical trials have shown that NT factor reduces fatigue by almost half. There are actually many such trials. And it also reduces some of the side effects of aging. NT factor is available in a variety of formulations tailored to your specific needs, full spectrum vitamin and mineral formulas, immune support formulas, targeted nutrition, and pure NT factor that you can add to whatever supplement regimen you're already taking. I use NT factor, I've been using it for years, and I prescribe it to my patients. And now with a 45 day money back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. You can find the NT factor line of nutritional formulas at your favorite health food store or online retailer, or if you want to order direct, Go to the user-friendly website, ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. Or call 800-982-9158. Try it by calling 800-982-9158. Okay. A little editorial comment here because uh, there's all kinds of news about let's not let our guard down, uh, yes, we have the vaccines. Yes, there are fewer cases. We're seeing case numbers plummet across many regions of the country. Uh, nonetheless, we're told that there might be a, a, a fourth wave or a fifth wave, depending on you know what you think constituted a wave, uh, that the uh, viral variants uh, are very concerning uh, and that we need to not abandon caution. And, and I agree. You know, I, I wear a mask. Uh, I socially distanced where appropriate. Uh, I avoid uh, public venues to a large extent. But uh, there is a negative bias in news reporting because if it, if it bleeds, it leads. I mean, if it's like news that every, you know, it's like, and now, folks, let's hear the good news. Well, there's not much of that, but bad news. Yeah, that'll get your attention and, you know, your advertising dollars because uh, your eyes will be glued to the screen when you're scared. And um, same thing with doctors. Doctors have a negative bias. I mean, we look, we tend to go for the worst case scenario. You got a headache? I'm going to do a CAT scan. I want to make sure you don't have brain cancer or maybe you're having a stroke. I mean, I got to do that because if I miss it, uh, I'm going to get sued. And you you might be dead. So doctors have a built-in negative bias. We're constantly engaged in a battle against disease. We don't care that much necessarily about the societal consequences of that. We want to stomp out disease. So too does Anthony Fauci and, you know, all the responsible people at the CDC who want to make this thing go away. I mean, that's that's our training. And the same thing for government officials. They want to feel significant during this pandemic. They want to be public saviors, uh, even though virus is going to be a virus. It's going to do its thing. And that is evinced by, you know, the relative similarity 
of statistics from country to country. No matter what lockdown measures they undertook, flattening the curve may mean prolonging the agony. Uh, and a letter rip approach has been really, really devastating in certain countries because uh, the elderly who are at risk weren't sufficiently protected. So uh, the, this is to say that um, we can't have zero risk. Life does not have zero. If we want zero risk, we'll put 20 mile per hour speed limits on our highways because a collision at 20 miles per hour, demonstrably, they, you know, follow the science, is much less likely to kill you than driving along at 65 miles per hour. But we've got to get from place to place. It's about quality of life. It's about freedom to do certain things. And yes, we can ban all kinds of substances to protect people from death. We've tried. Doesn't really work. People are simultaneously risk-averse and risk-takers. It's human nature. And so to tell uh, a grandma that you can't hug her grandchild because she's not yet, you know, the child has not yet been vaccinated, um, doesn't make a lot of sense because it's creating a lot of human hardship and misery. So if the goal is to minimize risk to zero, we're probably not going to get there. It's going to be frustrating. So we need to steer a middle course uh, as the numbers decline. And um, pandemic porn from public officials and from the media isn't helping things. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. In a moment, we'll delve into media censorship and social media in particular is taking the lead on that on the subject of health-related topics. 877-726-8255 is a number for intelligent medicine. In these unprecedented times, we need effective immune support. That's why I'm excited to introduce two formulas that work, CV Defense and CV Acute. There's nothing quite like them. CV Defense is a daily preventative. The only supplement delivers the six most important ingredients to optimize your immune function, including PEA, a critical molecule for long-term immunity at the cellular level. CV Acute is a fast-acting, great-tasting syrup for direct immune activation. It eliminates invaders with a fruit flower and root of patented Chinese medicine. I take it when I feel run down to fend off respiratory infections. Both products are safe, all-natural, and backed by numerous clinical trials. For more information and to order, go to TotalImmuneHealth.com and take advantage of discounts from 30 to 50% just for listening to Intelligent Medicine. That's TotalImmuneHealth.com. TotalImmuneHealth.com for the most exciting immune support products in years. Hi, this is Dr. Ronald Hoffman for Biomega Fish Oil from Biotics Research. For over 40 years, Biotics Research has been providing the highest quality supplements surpassing industry standards. Biomega Fish Oil contains therapeutic doses of vital omega-3s in the triglyceride form, which is highly bioavailable. Biotics Research ensures maximum purity and freshness by managing their fish oils from catch to capsule. For more information, go to drhoffman.com slash bioticsresearch. That's drhoffman.com slash bioticsresearch for Biomega Fish Oil. Welcome back to Intelligent Medicine. Dr. Ronald Hoffman here. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, censorship because uh, there's a big article in the Wall Street Journal yesterday 
fact-checking Facebook's fact-checkers. And uh, this harkens back to what I was talking about uh, in the last segment, which is about uh, some of the uh, pandemic porn, uh, the highly negative reporting about uh, the pandemic that seems to rule the roost in the media and in official pronouncements. And uh, voices to the contrary uh, that minimize the severity of COVID. And I'm not saying that, you know, COVID is trivial, uh, but uh, voices of optimism, such as the voice of Dr. Marty McCary uh, from Johns Hopkins, uh, who appeared on the pages of the Wall Street Journal in a very, very uh, uh, well-read, but a highly controversial article, uh, which states we'll have herd immunity by April. And you know, that's a debatable point. But uh, he makes the case that uh, with the vaccine and with the spread of the virus, uh, a considerable proportion of Americans will have achieved immunity. And we underestimating the number of people who've been exposed or have immunity. Uh, and then on top of that, the vaccine will bring us up to the point where by April, it's an optimistic prediction, uh, the pandemic will subside. Well, that's not a real wackadoodle position. I mean, there are some wacky ideas that are being promulgated on the Internet. The notion that uh, Bill Gates is creating microchips, which are being inserted in the vaccine so that people can be geotagged uh, to, uh, you know, give them a digital vaccine certificate, you know, that this will be, a per or that uh, the vaccine is designed to create, create uh, modified humans uh, whose DNA will be permanently altered in perpetuity uh, in some, you know, demonic experiment to uh, alter the human genome. And, uh, you know, where, so where do you draw the line? Well, Facebook uh, has slapped a warning on Marty McCary's article, which is, in my opinion, okay, debatable, but sensible. And the Facebook label uh, links to a third-party site called Health Feedback. Uh, it's a member of the World Health Organization-led Vaccine Project uh, that verifies scientific claims in the media. Uh, but they've got a bias. They, they certainly have a bias. Uh, and, uh, you know, when I see these warnings, I mean, it's a little scary to me, you know, I'll see like some information on social media and it'll say, warning, this information is possibly unsafe or, you know, this link is unsafe. And it makes me think that if I click on the link, uh, I'm going to get like my computer ransomed or something like that. So. Twitter is also doing this. this uh, Wall Street Journal reports that Twitter is expanding use of enforcement system to, to uh, COVID-19 falsehoods. That happened earlier last month. Twitter is expanding the use of its strike system to include users who spread misleading information about COVID-19 and its vaccine. So there was anything that, I mean, questions the vaccines or suggests that there's any side effects is going to be hit with a warning label. And what's happened to freedom of information when it comes to our health when it comes to these giant social media companies they're trying to create 
uh, a theocracy of belief around what they purport to be science. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is Intelligent Medicine.